This episode of Jump Off Point is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the Boss Rush family of podcasts, head to BossRush.net or our Patreon at patreon.com slash BossRushMedia. Thanks for helping us build something better. Welcome to Jump Off Point here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, and I'd like to excited NMV. Joining me is the wise Wisconsin Knight himself, Mr. Jesse Douglas. Hello, good sir. Hello, how's it going? Going great. We got the wise Russell Knight, Mr. Josh <laughs> Martinez. Oh no, Josh, uh, you muted yourself. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start to the show. <laughs> uh, what would you say? I, I I was saying I'm outnumbered by the Midwest today. Oh. <laughs> everybody, of course, we got the legend himself. The calm, the cool, the captivating Shank. Hello, good hello. sir. Hello, hello. How are you all today? Pretty good. Good. Yes. Uh, by the time you guys see this, Nintendo did a Indie World Direct, but we're not going to be talking about that because I need to rewatch it again. Uh, I I haphazardly watched it at work, so while ringing, I was listening to it, so I didn't take time to watch all the trailers. But it really looks like it was a okay show a good decent show um a lot of a lot of people not talking about the games that were shown um and i think it's because of tears of the kingdom still today being such such a big uh trader and people reacting to it and still like talking about it so um uh jesse and uh shay might like this but um when it comes to pre-ordering, so I pre-ordered Tears of the Kingdom, I pre-ordered the uh, case, uh, I pre-ordered the Switch Zelda, and I'm getting all of them in Kenosha. Okay, but my Link Amigo bow is going to be picked up here, over here in Gurney. So I am excited. Hopefully I can snag the Zelda controller because that's the one that I really uh, <laughs> I, I actually had this daydream, and we'll get into the show, uh, that I was able to get my Zelda Wii, my Zelda Switch, and Stephanie wasn't able to get her. <laughs> and so she, you know, she felt sad. She was just, like, whooping around. And so because of that, you know, I, I asked around. I was, well, I found out her address, and I just hacked the Switch and sent it straight to her. And she was just like, oh, this is Megish Sweet? Okay. And she opened it up and seen that it was the Switch Zelda. And she's just like, who's, <laughs> you know, and she has a note with me. And, I, you know, of course, I'm doing some gummy worms and stuff, some snacks. And she just <laughs> like, Ed, did you send me this? And I was just like, yes, I did. 
Happy birthday, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and this was um, all in your dream, Ed? All in my dream. Which reminds me, uh, Jesse, did, did you ever get that item uh, that was going to be shipped to your house? Yeah, I did. The the Death, uh, death Door uh, book. Yeah. Yeah, I did get it. I thought okay. I... I thought I sent you a picture or something that I had gotten. I don't think you did. It literally just hit my mind last week. And I I'm like, I swore I did. I, I, or maybe I just told you that it had come. I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm no. getting up in age. I was just like, oh my goodness, did Jesse ever get his book? And I just wanted to make sure that you got, got your book. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I got it a while, a while back. Because an art book or? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The art, it was art. I, I gotta look at that. And I, my brother gifted me Death Door on Steam, and I usually don't play on PC, but I played, and it was amazing. Yeah, that game is so good. It's, it's just it's just a of, really good Zelda-like game. It's one of our uh, spoiler alerts that we're trying to do. Um, oh, okay. And it's it's so good, and I know, uh, even though I beat it on Switch. I'm so tempted to rebuy on Xbox just to do the achievements. Like that's the yeah. game that I will go to get the achievements. It's it's so good and it's so funny. Josh, have you ever played Death Store? It is in my very long backlog. I I saw it on sale one time. I think it was down to like nine bucks or something. Super great. So and I was listening to Pow Block and you and Corey were just gushing over it. So I'm like, I feel like Corey and Ed and their their taste in games are similar to mine, so I decided to snatch it up, and I just haven't gotten to it. But every time I hear it, I'm like, "That's got to go to the front of my backlog," and then it doesn't get there. <laughs> it it looks it looks like a blast. I was watching reviews and watching playthroughs. It looks like something I'd really enjoy. Yeah, and the characters in that okay. game, the characters in that game are really like my. I love I love the characters. Did you finish it, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, I finished. Okay. I I 100%ed she... it because you have to 100% it to get the full ending. Full ending, yeah. yeah. Did you get to the bus fight when it's the frog and they was doing all the description? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's so, so I don't want to I don't want to ruin it, but I I I took the screenshot. I paused the game and I. Fell out laughing for a good five minutes because this was the most hilarious thing to happen in a video game of that yeah. nature. I was just yeah. like, "Oh, they thought about this really good." Well, and I think it's the one of the best merchant uh, store merchants in a game ever. Like, I love, I love the whole uh, <laughs> that whole thing too. That character and did better, you guys better than Ravio from Link Between Worlds. I I haven't played that. I don't. I haven't played all of that. That game. Okay. But well, that's the that's the shop owner where you got to go rent all your items from throughout oh, the game. Okay. The dude, the dude in the bunny hood, the whole time. Okay. Um, that he's skyrocketed up to one of my favorite shopkeepers in all of gaming, which I think just nice. Zelda has fun shopkeepers. Period. But yeah, yeah. In this game, it, it's it's unique. It's a unique uh, situation. I don't want to say anything to ruin it, but. I was going to say, did you guys notice when you you defeat the frog and you are ready to like leave the room, but you don't even leave his eyes open? 
Oh, no, I didn't notice so, that. So I kept going back and forth. His eyes would close when i get close to him, and then I'd, I'd get to the towards the door and his eye his one eye would open like he's he's not dead <laughs> he's oh, like okay. waiting for you to leave huh so i thought I it was pretty that. funny <laughs> huh i'll have to check i'll have to check yeah. that out this time now next time because i i do want to play through that game again it's yeah. one of those games that i want to return to uh i think it's been a long enough now that since i beat it where i could return to it again and and you know kind of fall in love with a lot of the stuff that i you know don't remember so yeah. i know i got additionally on switch and i got the physical on us for switch two but then i ordered you know, that that was a game that i literally had to have yeah and i know me and you talked about it jesse and you know yeah. you were telling me about it and it was just like I wait. I told yeah. him I was getting it, but I'm like, I want to see if it comes to Switch. And when it came, it's a game that even though it takes a while to get into, if you literally sit down and commit to it, you're going yeah. to find an amazing game. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. that, everybody, we're going to get to <laughs> what's jumping and jumping. And uh, I actually wrote out on who is going to go first in this one. And that is going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, to let everybody know that I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I know Way for DLC is coming um, next week, uh, which is going to be a packed week for everybody. Uh, Xenoblade DLC, um, uh, Coffee Talk, uh, Episode 2. I think it's dropping uh, next week also, I believe. Uh and we got like Star Wars, uh, 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 what is it? Star Wars Survival. Um, uh, oh, the the, the um, um, this, Fall, Fallen uh, Order sequel, yeah, the Fallen Order sequel. Um, uh, I think it's Jedi Star Wars, I think Jedi Survivor, Jedi Survivor, I think, yeah. Uh, you know, that's coming and stuff. On top of we got the release of The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom Switch, but uh, Switch system dropping also next week. So it's gonna be a, a really packed week. Um, well, don't but, forget, Ed. Um, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters came out today on Switch and PS4, so you can go back yes. to the original six 2D games. That's a, that's yes. starts off this crazy week. Yes, and uh, of course, Advanced Wars is coming out uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, it's coming out this Friday on April twentieth. Uh, um, April 21st, I should say, that it's dropping. Uh, I got that already pre-ordered, and I just need to go pick it up and everything. Uh, so, but for me, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3, finishing up some side quests. Um, I'm, I gotta get past level 100, because there is a side quest, like, with five monsters. I beat one of them that was, like, level 95, but the other monsters are over 100. So I got to get my uh, party up and everything to go and beat them. And then there's still areas with, uh, that I need to visit that have some side quests um, that I need to dive in. So Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is uh, just jumping and jumping in my neighborhood. Uh, Josh, what about you? What's jumping jumping in your gaming or TV watching? So I've been doing, as you know, longtime listeners have heard, I've been I've been chugging my way through WWE 2K23. Um, 
I am in the story mode, which is a blast because my character just beat up an old man, Shawn Michaels, which I don't know why, but it totally just took off that storyline. Um, and I'm now doing um, the GM mode where I get to book my own show. So it's, it's a section that's geared toward wrestling nerds like myself, but I mean, it's, I've been having a blast with it and um, yeah, I hope to have a review soon on it, but it's, I mean, it's fluid. It's nice. It's fun. You can, the customization for the characters is great. It's, I don't know. It's just an all around. It's a game too, that I think you can pick up and play for 15 minutes at a time. You can just do a little bit here and there if you don't have a ton of time. So no, it's, I've been loving, I've been loving this game. I mean, I'm, close to being able to put it down for a little bit but I'll I'll be coming back to this one all year long. Uh I know, you know, it had its problems in the past. Uh so it's good to hear that it's back on the up and up. Shay, uh what's been jumping jumping in your uh gaming or TV watching? So uh, on my Switch, I'm playing Chained Echoes, um, such an excellent RPG. Uh, it was one I backed on Kickstarter. It was my like second or third Kickstarter uh, back in like 2016 or to, 17. I have to ask you, why can I not grind in this game? I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I guess I, um, I try. I tried grinding because I, I was like fallen behind on on being able to actually compete against the some of the bosses um and i'd have to just keep going around leaving coming back and sometimes they would be there but it'd have to be like a whole like transition to a town or, and then come back but if you go between the map screens it doesn't or the only thing that spawns are those little orbs that you can get uh like supplies um but I, I love the game. The gameplay is amazing. The story's good so far. I'm probably about a third way through. It's a long game. Um, but, man, like I, that, I, that intro while getting through the castles, that crap was kicking my tail. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What am I doing? I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, I got beat by a, a bunch of vegetables on a skewer. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come back to beat those guys. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm trying. I'm trying to beat that before Breath of the Wild, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't have enough time. Uh, I am playing Resident. Evil, well, I I beat Resident Evil 4 remake uh, this weekend, and then I started playing the Mercenaries mode, and it, it's such an amazing game. Um, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad it. Uh, the story's a little more fleshed out, a little different. Um, it's just the the formula is addictive. Uh, you know how 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 that all runs out um and uh i am also playing a, a game called ever forward it's an indie game um probably going to be done this week sometimes just a, a short puzzle game um and then uh i did so back in 2019 i bought fallout 76 unfortunately on day one when it was expensive and then i went down you know 30 bucks two, three weeks later. And then, uh, I played it and I, you know, I did, I did a bunch of stuff, but I never beat the story and that was on my PS4. So I, when the fallout 76 was free, you know, a couple months ago, 
I downloaded it and then I finally went in and I saw that my save file was still there uh, and I continued to play off of that uh, and it looks way better. It plays a lot better. It's got NPCs in it. And um, the only gripe I had was I, I kind of stopped playing on the uh, PS4 because uh, someone glitched uh, while I was online and stole all my stuff out of my box. So I lost all my weapons, my armor that I had been collecting for 20, 30 hours. So, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. Uh, Fallout is one of my favorite franchises, yet it's also one of my most frustrating franchises. As uh, Fallout 3, I played... For, I went to every location, played a hundred and something hours, and then I couldn't beat the game because it glitched. So, wasn't too happy. <laughs> yeah, it's I've I've always kind of been frustrated, like because I I've always wanted to really really love those games, yeah. but you know, like people would always like, you know, like give give the glitchy can't like the just the really bad glitches and and bugs in those games they would just give them a pass for whatever reason and that and that would always just irritate me because like those games could be so good if they would just really really fix you know make them like just perfect like yeah and 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 fix those problems i think i'm more addicted to the 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 lore and the story yeah and and collect collecting the different guns and, and and trying to you know just make micromanage that and mm-hmm. um i did like fallout 3 because you had the karma system and that yeah. was pretty fun so yeah i am watching something but uh i'll save it for pointed out so jesse what have what's jumping jumping and what you've been playing or what you've been watching so um i did go back to um to call of duty a little bit uh one of one of my uh co-workers uh brianna she actually i found out that she she likes playing call of duty so uh i was like oh you know what i should go back to it and then we can play sometime online but we we ended up playing some Fortnite instead the other day but um so i've i've came back to that and um was super excited because like since modern warfare 2 came out they i've been like the first time I turn it on, I'm like, why do they not have hardcore mode? Like, what the heck? Like, you know, and so I played it, played it, played it without hardcore mode. Finally, season three, I think, is what just started. They finally put hardcore mode back into to Call of Duty. So I've been playing that quite a bit. Um, I've just always preferred hardcore mode. Like, I just like that you shoot someone and pretty much instantly they die. So it's it's fast paced. It's very... You know, like you've got to be quick to the draw, um, because yeah, you're you're basically down to like like ten percent health essentially, um, and so I've I've always just that's always what I've played. I don't like you know shooting, putting like half of a clip into someone and then they run behind a wall and and you know and I never get the kill. Someone else takes it, so I just like playing. Did you ever finish the campaign? no i not for two yet i haven't finished uh modern warfare twos yet i do need to um because yeah yeah, like the first one was amazing i'm i'm curious about that because i've this is the only modern or the only call of duty i haven't bought since the the original modern warfare call of duty 4 Uh, i will buy it eventually i just i i love campaigns yeah and 
you know, the the Cold War is probably one of my favorite ones besides uh, World at War. But yeah. it's hit or miss for me on that. And if, if that sucks and and online's good, I, I'll still buy it. But I, I'm more for the campaign than I am for the online. Okay, yeah. so so the first the the that first Modern Warfare remake that they did. Yeah, the campaign was freaking was amazing. Like I yeah. loved it. I, I, I did there that. was some fresh there was yeah. some frustrating frustrating parts to it, but the way that it yeah. ended and some of the parts yeah. that led up to it was really good. And so far, what I've played in this one, they take they took some of those elements that were really really good about the first campaign, and they kind yeah. of revisited that in a different. Um, you know, in a different setting and stuff. Okay. Because, like, I like I absolutely loved in that first one when you're going into that house and you're door by door, you're just kicking in the doors and and like sometimes it would be like a woman holding a child or something, and you know, and like and it just yep. felt so real. Like, it, like you're just like, okay, man, we like we've got to check all these doors and you you know, like especially with the um having headphones on and stuff and i have the um adobe atmos on my xbox like you hear like the sounds like all you know 360 sound oh yeah headphones so like you could hear like people moving around up upstairs above you and it like literally feels like someone is upstairs above you walking and stuff and yeah like it was it was really like Mm -hmm. i really loved that so they kind of do something similar to that in this one in the second one as well but what are you playing on, Jesse? Are you playing on the Xbox, Xbox. The series? Okay. Yeah, Series X. So. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, I I still need to pick up uh, Modern Warfare Two. I was just wondering how the story was mm-hmm. about it because that um, what was the last one before that? Uh, the Vanguard. Cold? Oh yeah, Vanguard. Yeah. Vanguard. Yeah, it was Cold uh, War Vanguard, and then yeah, and then now they this. Was Cold War Cold War the one that was it was on the ship, like that boat? It was like in the water and stuff. I don't. It was a modern. No, I don't think I, I, I got that one. It. Well, because I think Modern Warfare One, there I think in the original Modern Warfare One, I think mm. there's a part where you're on a boat, but. Yeah, but this one is it's like it's yeah. using it's modern times. It might yeah. be Cold War, um, yeah. but I'll have to go back and look at it. Like two of them, I skip. Uh, yeah, and I kind of just want to play the campaigns to those, but not worry about that. Yeah. But continue on, Jesse. I'm sorry. No, no, that's so so. Yeah, that's mostly. Um, and then I. I found uh, before the show started, before we started the show today, I was on Peacock and I and I was just looking through stuff and I found a documentary called "I Love You, You Hate Me," and it's <laughs> it's about Barney, the untold story oh, of yeah. Barney. <laughs> I heard about this documentary, <laughs> and I, I yeah, I've watched some of it so far, and it is pretty it's pretty good. Like I do remember the like just how like people did just like absolutely hated him so much like you know a lot of people um and and the yeah they have like guests you know talking about it like um uh oh crap i'm forgetting it blanking on his name now that was uh on blues clues the original steve, steve yeah steve the original steve on blues clues like he talks about like you know during that time and stuff when because, you know, that, that Blue's Clues and all that was kind of starting around the same time as that. 
you know, and all those all those things like that. But yeah, it's it's interesting so far. But it, it's it is weird. Like yeah, like the very opening, it's like you know, like gets pretty crazy. Like they show a guy holding a gun up to a stuffed Barney and then pushing the pulling the trigger and blowing it <laughs> into pieces. And, like I hate Barney. Oh my gosh. Just like hey, did you get. Did you see the uh, modded, uh, was it Resident Evil Village, where they had uh, both Thomas the Tank Engine and Barney yeah. as, the, as the zombies? So in no. the dungeon part, they'd come in the dark and you'd see a giant Barney head coming towards you or Thomas the Tank <laughs> Engine. It was scary. <laughs> no, but they did show a clip of Doom. Like where Barney was the was the monsters in Doom that were coming after you, and he like in the original one. So is it yeah. is it one of those ones, Jesse, that's going to ruin my childhood? Like the the actor behind the behind the dinosaurs, like a sex offender or something? Like no, that or no, no. They they actually they talk about they there's that's something they go into. Because all these accusations were getting thrown around of people just trying to do everything they could possibly do to just ruin this show and ruin anyone that has anything to do with it just for the sole purpose of them being too positive. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, it, it's a good documentary. Like, yeah, no, it's not going to wreck it won't wreck. It'll just it'll just kind of show you something that as kids we didn't realize was going on, you know, in the adult world behind it. Kind uh, of, you, we didn't have social media as prevalent, yeah. so this it's probably you know something like you would see cancel culture today. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, so. Fox, Fox News went after Mister Rogers, like back in the two thousands. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's like a, I mean. You, You'd be crazy to think Barney wouldn't get that if it was like back 2007 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like how throughout culture, like, yeah, things that are positive, you know, even like I remember, you know, like uh, Tally Tubbies and all that kind of stuff. Like everyone did everything they could to try to bastardize that show. You know, mm-hmm. like whether it was like, oh, did you know that Tinky Winky was yeah. gay or, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's like, who cares? Like now it's just like, who gives a shit? You know, like right. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I couldn't stand with that is just the the creepy like baby is the son. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always so weird. Which which now that baby has a baby of her own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think saw a I picture of that. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, are you done, Jesse? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, it's time to point it out. And we're going to start off with Shane. Shane, what is your topic that is trending on your Twitter, so, your social media, what you would like to talk about? Got some Megazord going on here. Power Rangers. Yes. I watched the, uh, you know, the Mighty Marvel Power Rangers once and always today. Um I uh, so yeah, I, I've seen pretty much every Power Rangers episode except for maybe the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just you know play it in the background as they go. Um, you know, as a kid, I watched everything. I had all the action figures, you know, all that good stuff. Um, this is definitely uh, nostalgic based. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it yet. Um, no. But it's 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 a good mix of 
um, corny, corny lines, corny, you know, all that good yeah. stuff with uh, some reminiscing and uh, some new stuff mixed with uh, the the sad, um, you know, of, of Trini and and they touch a little later on on uh, Tommy's character, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's interesting um uh i don't know i felt i felt it was kind of um rushed a little uh it's 55 minutes but i i kind of wish they either did a maybe a series couple episodes or they did more of a a little longer maybe an hour and a half and kind of spread it out a little but uh for the most part um if you like the nostalgic cheesy lines and a few of the the originals it, it was it was decent so i'm excited to see it uh i know when it comes to power rangers i haven't watched all the series and stuff um but you know definitely when i was a kid and getting out of high getting out of school high, not high school getting out of school like the 4:30 slot well, the four to four thirty slot here for me was Power Rangers and then Batman the animated show. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's so, tough. yeah, and so I I will watch Power Rangers every day, uh, as much as I can see it. And then I definitely remember the Super Nintendo beating them up, the Sega oh, Genesis yeah. beating them up, uh, games. Uh, and my friend. He didn't collect Power Rangers or anything, but we were into the show because we, of course, we love the martial arts. Uh, and then with the Megatroid and uh, Megazoid and, and everything, and watching that, uh, it led us to watching like VR Rangers, you know, uh, Ultraman, uh, which were a series in Japan, but yep. they brought it to channel UPN. Uh, like in the morning at seven o'clock. And Beetleborg. Beetleborgs were awesome. Beetleborgs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mass Rider. Mass Rider with Furbis, who's pretty much Furby. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Josh? I was just saying Beetleborgs. That one, that was a memory I thought was locked away forever. And I just heard that name and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. And <laughs> I, uh, so I remember this since I was the oldest of, well, at the time I was probably the oldest of four. When we were younger, but we, were, we have I have five siblings. I always got the uh, the female character because I could handle it. Uh, so I'd always get the pink ranger or the yellow ranger uh, action figure, and all my brothers would get the you know all the other ones or the beetleborgs. I'd always get uh, the girl. Um, I didn't care. I but uh, you know it'd be nice to actually be able to have some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also remember to uh, so my my dad inherited this old old tv that you know the tubes had to warm up and it had the it was in the big you know wooden box and it Mm -hmm. was super heavy i'd have to get up at least half hour early to turn on the tv to warm it up otherwise i would miss the first part of the power rangers uh, episode and i could only hear it like i was watching or listening to a radio in the 1920s So. <laughs> i know it's it's so funny like things like yeah. that 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 like a lot of people will, will never know that, yep. that 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 existed there was mm-hmm. a time where yeah the tv had to like warm up <laughs> yeah well, and then there was a time that the tv just stopped 
at like one in the morning. Like yep. they just oh yeah, broadcasting. yeah I, too. Yep. I only know that because my son's really into Toy Story right now. And in Toy Story 2, there's like a part where they're like, and that's the end of our broadcast. And I'm like, oh, I forget that TVs used to just stop airing from like yep. midnight till five in the morning or whatever yep. it was. And when, and, like, and, and when that and when the programming started back up, they had that eagle flying and the, mm-hmm. all the American, all these American things, you know, like well, that, they, that was the thing from Toy like, Story was yeah. that they did um, a, a flag like it's like playing the national anthem with a flag as they're ending the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> they, for me, like they would end the programming and then it would be like those long infomercials that would just go on and stuff. Oh, so okay. like every channel I had had like cookware or, you know, some man's product and stuff. Yep. And I'll just be like, okay, I or, know once the infomercial came on, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> or the, uh, do you know where your children are right now? Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm right here uh, watching TV while my parents are sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm good. I'm up at 1.30 in the morning yeah. so I can sneak and watch Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be- See, for me, it, it was... Uh, it, what was the water one on uh, LTV? Aqua uh, Oh, I think because yeah, because they had ER Flux and uh, all these other ones. Uh, I remember at a point in time, Nickelodeon, like around like twelve, they would show Superman from the fifties, mm-hmm. and then after that, Looney Tunes came on. Yeah, at like twelve thirty at night, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to watch this and everything. No good and well, I got to be at school the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I miss, I miss when we that. were when we were like in elementary school. I remember when TN you used to turn TNT on to watch Looney Tunes, and it was like like four oh, hours, like four hours of like just Looney Tunes stuff, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, like the original Superman, you know, the old Superman mm-hmm. cartoons and Roadrunner and, you know, like all that stuff. And it was like every, yeah, every uh, on TNT. And then, yeah, when they, I remember when they stopped doing that, I was so bummed. It, for me, it used to go from Channel 50 or WTCW Chicago to return to Channel 50, uh, uh, UPN. And that's like watching Turtles in the morning and, uh, you know, Barker Mice from Mars, Ghostbusters, Ghost all of that. Yeah. Uh, 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 then when it came to the afternoon, you had like USA Network. They would have their cartoons, so you would watch that. Uh, yeah. Fox, uh, Fox would have their uh, cartoons. You would watch that. Uh, when it got to the 90s, uh, Channel U started showing the WB. So you kind of got like uh, Superman and uh batman and some of the other cartoons at five o'clock you would hit tnt so you could watch uh um so you could watch looney tunes uh and sometimes that's how i found out about johnny quest yeah yeah and then on sundays uh because the weekends you know you would watch your cartoons whatever on sundays I would watch TBS because they were doing uh, SWAT cats. Oh yeah, and, SWAT uh, cats. I remember that. And they would yeah. they would do like um, the squirrel one, uh, the mystery squirrel, uh, or the detective oh. squirrel. I cannot think of his yeah. name. But they yeah. would have that those cartoons because TNT and TBS was owned by Hanna Barbera. Yeah. 
Uh, so you will get you would get those shows and everything. Uh, and Saturdays, uh, it came. It was like Fox, uh, yeah. um, USA would show Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and yeah. everything. Uh, at, during that time when uh, Turtles went to uh, our show, you would see that on CBS. Then you have wrestling at eleven o'clock. So, Do you remember? Oh, you got- Oh, go ahead, Jesse. I was gonna. Uh, do you remember the Excel Squad? Yes. Yeah, yes. I loved that show. The mechs, the mechs yep. that they would they would climb into. Yeah, I used to have a bunch of those toys too. And then once the '90s started getting with Pokemon and Running Warriors and like Tsunami started to hit. That kind of opened up a lot of people. The Jackie Chan, the, the Jack- Jackie, oh, oh, the Jackie oh. Chan adventures. Jackie Chan. Yeah. That was, I, that was, that was uh, Channel U on oh, Sunday. Man, I still go around saying you mo guay guay fighty sal. I I used to love that show because of Uncle. Yep. Like I used yep. to walk yep. around and swap people with my two fingers, like Uncle and my dad. <laughs> my dad used to get so mad at me because, but he thought it was he loved that show because he would watch it and we think. Uncle was funny. This, oh, oh yeah. See, I'm I'm younger. I so I didn't join in until the late '90s. Is kind of my prime career, mm-hmm. uh, my cartoon time. So I had a lot. I didn't have cable, so a lot of my stuff was network TV, which had plenty. I used to watch mm-hmm. Recess all the time. Yeah, I, I love that show. That was Yu-Gi-Oh, a- Pokemon, yeah. Digimon, like all all of those were kind of my were you- my prime time stuff. Were you able to watch uh, Where in the World is Carter San Diego? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was such a good show, too. Yeah. I, well, they have, they have the cartoon. Magic School Bus. Yeah. Magic <laughs> have... School Bus, Disney Afternoon. Yeah. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, did, uh, did you watch Mr. Wizard? Did you ever watch Mr. Wizard? I, I did watch Mr. Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick. Yeah. Because yeah, that was like, that was like, like when we were younger, younger. Yeah. Like I uh-huh. think that they, but yeah, like that was the first my first like love for like science stuff, and then yeah, like when I, I think I caught the tail end of that, and then I was between Bill Nye and Beekman's World, and so yeah, yeah, Beekman's World was good too. That was a but good. One. I was mad about was Ghost Rider. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, I was just like, okay, because they what ended up happening is that they never got to show the final uh, episode. Of it. They just it literally just cut off. They they finished one case, not with the cousin. I mean, not with the cousin that was about to join the group, not with her. Uh, but they had finished the case before that one, and it was five o'clock on Sundays because that's when me and my friend would tune in to watch Ghost Rider. Every time we tuned in at five o'clock, they were showing some old masterpiece theater mess. I'm like, we don't know this. And everything, and we found out we didn't know. We we gave up, and we didn't know that they had canceled the show for fun. I think Ghost Rider uh, was the reason why I had a trapper keeper. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember Stone Protectors? Yeah. (laughs) It was the trolls, the troll guys. Oh yeah. Gems in their chest. Mm -hmm. Like I I remember having those characters, and like because. Like the, I would, you know, play with those with my turtles characters because they're kind of like that was during the time when everyone was trying to capture that, 
you know, like the turtles were yeah, doing well. Street something. sharks and yeah, street <laughs> sharks, all that. They were trying to make all those toys based on or make shows just so they could. Mice from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I had um, the action figures. That was cool. They had the that mummy show. Um, oh, yeah. test dummies. The, oh, the test yeah, dummies. Remember yeah, that? Crash test dummies, the, yeah. Yeah, my friend had the car where you'd smash it and the airbags <laughs> would deploy and, and then hit the t- the d- test but, dummies in their body yeah. parts and go shooting out of the car. <laughs> Mighty Max. Yeah, Mighty, Mighty Max. Max. I remember uh, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and Michael Jordan, uh, they had their cartoons all yeah. together. And then... Uh, the Super Mario Brothers cartoon, when that was, uh, it was on Fox, but then it jumped to NBC on weekends and everything. Because uh, you had the Super Mario, uh, Super Mario World, you had Captain N, yep. uh, you yep. had Captain all of that stuff. Great. And then somehow Fox got Donkey Kong and no, oh, yeah. uh, Fox got Kirby. Donkey Kong went to Channel U because it was part of WB and everything. Didn't it go to Fox, though? Was it like one of the seasons on Fox? Yeah, I thought it was. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. All right. Yeah, that was was a nice trip trip. down memory lane. (laughs) Go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, you you could just totally play this game where you just name old 80s and 90s cartoons, and you'll just send us all into spirals of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I think six was my man. Uh, yeah, th- there's a there's a lot. I was telling uh, Jesse that uh, like Rama Half and Cowboy Bebop and Ninja Scroll and all of that stuff. Back in the '80s, they had it on uh, public access in my area, so I knew a lot of the anime before it even came out here because somehow people. Uh, some people in our uh, other city close to me uh, had the uh, boot decks or had the uh, those versions. Like I even saw Kira at the age yep. of eight. Like, well, and they and they dropped. used to they used to back in the day on public access and in uh, in Illinois, like they would play uh, Monty Python and the Flying Circus like episodes like every day. Wow. From what I understand, like. Like that was like they would have British shows and stuff on there back in the day, like in the seventies and stuff. Like on PBS or yeah, like on their public yeah public access stuff. They would have like yeah. old school like like old stuff like that. Then I guess that, that's according first... to my 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 mom's cousin. Well, so funny thing about public access, and then I'm gonna ask you, Jesse, what your topic trending. In the 90s, around 95 to 97, my church uh, had a time slot on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock for public access. And because I was in the choir, people in my city got to see me in the choir. Oh, that's cool. 
though. <laughs> but Jesse, uh, what uh, what trending or topic would you would like to talk about? All right, so I I don't know, you know, like the, it's always uh uh you know a toss up if people are gonna really know much about it. It's not it's not a whole lot. There's not gonna be a whole lot to talk about. But it was just kind of one of the things that I had that I had seen that uh got my attention. But uh the band Rancid uh is is must be in the process of uh maybe making a new album but they released a song called tomorrow never comes and this is their first single uh yeah it's uh, from the album that's coming out this is their will be their first album they've made in six years so it's Mm -hmm. been six years since that last album which is crazy because i it doesn't seem like it was that long ago but I don't, I don't know if any of you guys really listen to Rancid or like know anything about about them. But like they, you know, they were kind of one of those iconic pop or punk bands that kind of coming up uh, that you know, like around the time Blink One Eighty Two first started, like you know, like they kind of got some pop- popularity then. But um, they've kind of been around though for a while, and then there was the. Lost I remember profits. hearing them in like the nineties, like yeah, their, their time bomb song and yeah, yeah, um, but Ru- yeah. Ruby, yeah, Ruby, Ruby Soho, Ru- was it Ruby Soho? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then and uh, yeah, and then they had the Lost Lost Profits was like their side project thing, I believe it was. They were called Lost Profits, um, and that that during that time that would have been early 2000s i think and that that song they still use in like some of the um i think revlon commercials or something (laughs) um yeah i i think i think that was what what they're but yeah like i know that i know they're um there was something from theirs that that would get uh used in commercials i think it was i think it was their band was lost profits but but yeah, they um so yeah, like I was just kind of excited because I I've always liked punk rock music and kind of, you know, like there's a couple of bands that have been around since the eighties that I still follow that are still out there making stuff. Um one of the most uh iconic for me is is uh, band Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. Um the the head singer when they're not making music, he's actually teaches uh biology i believe it is at cornell university <laughs> so nice yeah he's a pr- professor there when he's not uh, his, his side gig band. yep <laughs> and that's and that's like okay. the head the, the head singer of um offspring like offspring. he's like a he's like a um a rocket scientist or something crazy like that like he's like super brilliant and but you know like he's does he does this rock you know just punk band but he like has like a legitimate like you know degree in some crazy like astrophysics or something (laughs) yeah that's like there's something what was i looking up because jack black's in the super mario brothers movie yeah i don't know i he's one of those guys who jack black's very and i promise this relates um he's one of those guys that whenever you see him it's always a joy to see him on screen so i was looking up stuff about him because School of Rock was 20 years ago now. Yeah. And that dude Jeez. is the son of engineers. Like, Jack Black's, like, parents were, like, 
famous engineers as well as his like half brother is like still a really renowned like uh, civil engineer and i'm like how in the world did jack black come from that family and just become like the goofball of hollywood yeah. and he's just like a genius like it's just it's interesting <laughs> when you look into these guys because they're all they all have such interesting backgrounds that they don't they're not that idiot stereotype rocker that you would I, think there a lot of them are just smart smart yeah. people mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel a lot of uh well a lot of engineers that i work with are, are very creative so mm. uh and i think there's a quote um uh i'm trying to think what it is it's like uh imagination is more more important than than uh engine like engineering or something like that i i wrote down the quote it's it's a uh um uh, shigeru miyamoto quote i believe i'll have to look it up but um i should look it up right now because that that's a good quote i have it written on my wall at work so who just you may know there who's the ball rocker that comes from chicago he owns like uh um like a health store or something cannot think of his name um but he's very popular. Um, but I got to when I was at Toys, I got to meet him. Um because hmm. uh, he was with his girlfriend at the time. Um when she came, they was they were getting gifts and stuff. And they were just like, Oh, he looks familiar. I'm like, he I'm like, I know him. I seen him in music, but I couldn't think of his name. And when <sighs> we found out who he was, um, he was really cool. And everything he, you know, the he's just a white guy, bald, uh, bald okay. guy. You don't, um, remember, you don't know like what band or anything. No, he was the okay. lead singer of that band, okay. but he's from Chicago. Um, okay. hmm. and everything, and hmm. I think he had like a tea business or like some kind of health drink business. Um, hmm. and is it um Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins? I think so. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it says here he's a picture of him. He's bald, but he's from Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 yeah, I got to meet. I actually got to meet him, and he was like really cool beings and everything. I know some people said that they have problems with them, like when he gets angry and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's true or anything. But when well, uh, I actually got to meet him, um, it's just like congratulating him on his success and everything. Like he was really cool, uh, really down people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the um, the band that I was trying to think of that that was a side project of Rancid was the Transplants. Like I I don't know why I was thinking Lost Profits, but the Transplants that and they Profits had that like a rap and the <laughs> yeah the Transplants. Think Lost Profits is a rap group. No, it's a rock group, but it's like from. Well, wherever Welsh people are from, Wales oh, is that from Wales? Wales, Wales. yeah, it's a did Wales rock band. Did you find a, a quote? Uh, yes, Jay? I did. It's Satori Iwata. He says engineering is not quite important as imagination, and I have that written on my my board at work because I'm an engineering tech, and uh, I feel like uh, a lot a lot of engineers are fairly creative, and they have to be when they are coming up with new ideas so mm-hmm. now wait this is the thing yes this is going to connect to tears of the candy because we were talking about it <laughs> i hope that that game make people really interested in engineering 
because yep. of all the fusing that's going to go on and the vehicles that people are going to make. I already told Corey that in uh, Daniel from uh, Power Block, I was just like, I want to make a roller coaster uh, with fusing and everything. Like, take the whole car. Oh, yeah, just, that'd be like, awesome. That gravity, just go wherever and just have literal fun with it. And I think that's going to be happening. I just know that we get, and I just realized that that week, that Sunday is Mother's Day. Uh, <laughs> but I know people are just going to go completely in. I, I could see you turning into Sim Theme Park and charging people for rupees and yeah, get a higher <laughs> higher tingle to clean up throw up. So. Uh, yeah. uh, speaking about bands, uh, a while back I threw a puddle of mud because I uh, started Blurry came on the radio and I was just like, oh my goodness. Time. I remember I remember uh, Blurry is making me go and buy that album, and the album is horrible. Muddle of Pud. Yes. But I mean, I remember, I, I just remember, like, I listened to it and I tried to get everything, and it just was not hitting. But Elliot Ansar just. I mean, outside of Smooth Criminal and movies, I listen to their first album almost every day. And then when their second album came out, man, they was their second album is just like no skips. It's it's so their second album is so good. And then they disappeared because yep. uh, I think they went to I think they lost their deal in. Or they left that uh, record company and they went to somewhere else. And I haven't heard all of their third album, um, but I know they have some ups and downs and stuff. But I remember definitely early in the 2000s, Elliot and Farm was like, was like the rock king to me um, and everything. And then I just started uh, hearing a whole bunch of other bits and stuff. Like, I didn't get into Jimmy Eat World. I think it's to like their third album. Um Third Eye Blind. I didn't get into them to a little bit later. Um and just like of course Lincoln Park. Like I oh, love yeah. Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. First album was okay. I think I like their second album their second album way better. And then Mike Shinoda came out with his rap album and that mug is a banger still to this day. Oh, Fort uh, Minor. Yes, yeah, right yeah. Uh, I remember listening to uh, Britney Spears' uh, first husband, uh, Kevin, whatever his name is. K-Fed. I remember listening uh, to his album, his rap album. And I'm like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and I can tell you, John Cena's album really wasn't that bad. Neither. You know, his was really decent and everything. Uh, but Fort Minor, Fort Minor was a banger. That was a great album. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That was a pretty good. Yeah. I was I was more into okay. like uh, Shine Down, Breaking Benjamin, uh, mm-hmm. Godsmack, Disturbed, uh, yeah. Crossfade, Alter Bridge, um, uh, Reliant K. Actually, I, I really like too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I had Yellow Card. Yeah. 
great. Yellow yeah. card is so good. I, yeah, I, I, like I got that. into all that. I, I like. I used to go to. I used to go to. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, what was the the uh, store that we Sam, used to have? Sam Good. The, the hot, hot topic. No. <laughs> FYE, FYE, oh, FYE. Yeah, FYE. I used to go to FYE and then look for Hamlet the. Is what they used to be. Yeah, I would go to FYE and and literally just search all the emo the emo bands that all you know all their albums were only nine ninety nine, and so like you just go and just pick <laughs> out albums, or I would just literally go and pick out albums that looked cool and I had no idea. So and that's this how I would thing. find music. <laughs> so this was my thing. Uh, Fridays, like, whenever I got paid when I was at Toys, I would go to the half-price bookstore. And a lot of their CDs were like a dollar or two dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with different genres and everything. And whatever cover looks good, I'm going to pick up. So I found some good house music, some good <laughs> rap albums. Some uh, good house music. I like that. Yeah, because, because the thing about, like, they was, like, DJ Phonics and stuff. You'd be like, DJ Phonics? And I would put it in my car, and it used to be a banger. I was just like, where is... And the thing about it is it's just like, okay, my limit is $10 or $15 someday, depending on how I was feeling. And I was I, like, DJ I, Phonics? I heard of this being hooked on Phonics. But, but, I, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I found... I literally found a lot of good music that way. To, to be like, I think when it comes to music, stepping out of your comfort zone, what you normally hear, and finding just different weird things, whether it was good or bad, you would be mm. like, okay, I can see what they're going. Oh, this is a style I never heard of. I'll go into that. Like, I mean, it, there, there was some gospel and Christian music that I got into that I actually love because I've never heard of it. And the thing about it is it's just that, yes, there were albums that were from other indie uh, record companies that you never heard. But then there'd be times that you hear some musicians that was local who album got traded in and you just be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, they're from Chicago? I would love to go see this band or I would love to go see the singer. And like that's what I did literally for like seven years while I was at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I found oh. I listened to Muse. Like I had listened Muse, to yeah. Muse before they were like anyone even knew who they were Ooh, because yeah. I had kind of come across that first album that's like got the, all the weird like little like things sticking up in like a field or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. I can kind of picture it in my head, but. Like, yeah, I remember listening to, like, there's a bunch of bands that I had found, and then all of a sudden, like, years later, they'd become, like, massive, and it's just like... Yeah, that's like, uh, I, I had the first Skillet uh, CD, oh, yeah. and, yeah, I, some I, of the songs were good, but then they got really good. Yeah. When I think it was Skillet's second album, um, when I heard, when I heard Skillet for the first time, I, man, I wish I sat down just like... Why there? Where can I find more music for them? I'm like because nobody was touched them. Nobody was touching them in lyrics, vocal range, mm-hmm. production. I'm like, oh, this is good. And then my friend let me listen. Yeah, to they were Pantera. Christian, and they're yep. Christian. Yeah. yeah, my friend let me listen to Pantera, and I was just like, this is top tier instant. I came back to her, and it was just like, 
I'm about to look out for more of their music because uh, definitely with their drummer who passed away, man, he healed on them songs. When he was doing his drum solos, and just like going in, I'm like, man, Pantera was low-key bombing for me. Yeah, I remember like when I was like, I think I was in middle school is when I had first come across uh, Prodigy's uh, music for the Jilted Generation. And like that was when I first like because I I was kind of talking about this with someone like I didn't really listen to rock until I was in high school. Like I just mostly listened to R&B, like rap, hip hop, like oldies you know like oldies music like whatever was on the radio or whatever Mm -hmm. um but i didn't listen to metallica or any of that kind of stuff yet until high school and and it was kind of funny because like prodigy like when especially when fat of the land came out like that was the closest that i had listened to at that point of rock uh, you know rock music and that that fire starter you know like i I was gonna say uh what what kind of pushed me to listen more i you know you play tony hawk mm-hmm. you know pro skater and yep. the soundtrack yep. of goldfinger and the suicidal yep. tendencies and all yep. those guys on there race car jerry <laughs> yeah you know, yeah I, these, like these I listen songs to... are just like uh, like just out of left field and i'm like oh you know maybe i should yep. check more of these guys out and then i had my friends would burn me cds of random things and i'd mm-hmm. listen to you know presence of the united states or uh cky <laughs> that's a yep. throwback band yeah i think i was in fifth grade when i listened to green day for the first time oh yeah green day too yeah green day yeah I still well, like Air their shenanigans C D if yeah. no, nobody nobody cares for it, but I like it. <laughs> I like Nim I like the Nimrod album too, and I know a lot of people didn't really care for that one either. Mm-hmm. But well, I really Air- like that. <laughs> well, everybody, Josh, what has been trending on your social media uh that you'd like to talk about? So this Jesse's topic was great because it leads right into mine. So Coachella is going on out in California this week, and there's been a big uproar because people bought tickets and Frank Ocean pulled out and it's getting replaced by Blink-182. And I'm not interested in having the discussion of how dare he not honor the tickets or whatever pearl clutching we want to do on that. But I just I want to hear what you guys all and it sounds like we kind of got this going. If you could create a, a music festival of five artists or bands who would who would you want to show up? Oh man. Wow. I'll, I'll start because I, I had time but, to think before about you it. Go, so before you go, Josh, so I just listened to a podcast called Keep It on Cricket Media. And they talked about uh what happened with uh Frank Ocean. So uh he was an hour late. Um he was supposed to I guess have like ice skaters around him singing, but he changed it at the last minute. So they had to like melt the floor. Um, his set was only 40 minutes long. And uh, most of the time he was playing songs from his album. Like he really wasn't singing. But when he was singing, I guess it was enjoyable and stuff. So um, whatever he did and everything, a lot of people got pissed off. So to hear that he got replaced by Blink-182, um, I don't know what the contract was or what happened or how he changed everything. 
But uh, to catch up, uh, that's kind of what happened um, the uh, the week of this recording with Frank Ocean and everything. He just kind of like sabotaged his own set and, and everything. Um, well, but go ahead, I, Josh. I was going to say, I've seen videos from him. He's kind of very persnickety about his shows. Like there was one video I saw of people were like, you know, tossing stuff around and some stuff landed on stage and he like stopped the show and told everybody, don't be, don't be effing throwing things onto stage or else I'm going to walk out and somebody tested him and he walked out of the show or something like that. So, I mean, and I, I get that, but I, I also got the impression that, you know, if it's not the way he wants it, he's going to take his ball and go home pretty much. And that seemed to be what happened here. And he didn't live stream his set. Um, but people who are TikTokers and Instagrammers and stuff somehow were able to stream his whole set, but it, it was just like it was a complete mess. Right. Uh, All right. Go ahead. I'll do, uh, I'll do my five first, just because I had time to think about this, and I know I probably should have sent something to you guys to let you prep no. for it. But I, you guys, that conversation we just had primed this, I think. But um, and this. You can choose live or dead. Like the artist does not need to be alive because my number one's Nirvana. I would love to see a Nirvana show. I was three when Kurt Cobain died, so I never got to see any kind of liveness of that. So I would love to see that. Um, And I'm going to kind of hop around a lot of rock and hip hop. Um, I'd love to see Kendrick Lamar. I really like Kendrick Lamar. He's one of my favorite rappers. Um, I would love to see a set of the Foo Fighters. Um, Eminem is number four. And number five, I go back and forth on this one, but I think it would be 311. I'd really like to see them. That's, I, you guys were talking about it. I'm a big rock fan. I grew up. Here's the funny thing about me. What got me into my musical taste is Weird Al Yankovic. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to his stuff, and I like I loved it. Amish Paradise, um, mm-hmm. um, Pretty Fly for a Rabbi, all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Well, what's these songs he's imitating?" Mm-hmm. Like, so I'd go back and I'd listen to them. And the the album from 1999 is the one that really piqued my interest. So then I'm listening to like The Offspring. I'm listening to um enter sandman was in his polka and yeah. i was like listening to metallica from that green day and i'm like man weird owls what like got me into all these other mm-hmm. musicians and that's where i like kind of 2000 2001 i just took off as a as a fan of rock music so yeah i've got a lot of taste from there narrowing down to five was tough but yeah i i really like 311 that was a band that was huge here in Utah, we didn't have a lot of local bands, so Royal Bliss is from Salt Lake City, um, and then we usually get the music scene from Las Vegas. So the Killers, Imagine Dragons, those are all out of Vegas, and they are very popular here in Utah. So locally, we didn't have much, but 311 weirdly was a random popular band all throughout the state, and I don't know why, but we all, all the Utahns love them. Hmm. Uh, who would like to go next? I I can. Okay. Okay, so so number number one definitely David Bowie. Um 
I th- that that's one of those that I really I really wish I would have been able to see him in concert. Like that that would have been so amazing. And and there was at one point I think he was coming around here, but it was just like tickets were like over a thousand dollars a piece and for mm. you know like for the cheap seats and it just it, you know it just that sucked <laughs> that really sucked that you know like you just there just was no way that i was going to be able to see it but and you'll you'll kind of notice somewhat of a of a, a trend for me but so david bowie uh jeff lynn or of the electric light orchestra um, I would like to see them. Um, Iron Maiden. Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, let's see. For I would, I would probably go. Uh, I'd like to. I would go with the Prodigy. I would like to see like an actual like one of their shows, like and you know and and uh, you know the the guy that was kind of like the main hype man of that band is you know passed away uh, Keith, uh Keith Flint or whatever he passed away but um and then the final one um man there's so I mean there's so much there's so many bands I think I would like to see um either Biohazard yeah I'll just go with Biohazard like that—that's another band that I that I love that I um never got to see in concert, but yeah, Biohazard. Um, what did I say? To, <laughs> it was Bowie. Um, there was—I don't even remember what I said now. Electric <laughs> something. Yeah, Iron yeah, Maiden. Bowie. Yeah, Electric Light Orchestra, Iron Maiden. Um. Biohazard and I don't remember what the other one I said was, but but yeah. Shay, you want me to go or are you ready? I, I can go. Um, <laughs> I put Breaking Benjamin on there because I've seen him twice and I, but they put on a good concert. Yeah, um, I've seen him in uh, Milwaukee. Um, I've seen him in Milwaukee and in Green Bay. Were you there at the one that I guess it's just it's like four stairs of like. Uh, cause there, there's one. This I think the second area is like a big arena, like did, ball hall. Yeah. Did you? Uh, do you remember who played with them? Oh, I cannot think. Are of. you? Are you talking about the? Is it the? Not Ryan's ballroom. What is it called? It's I forget what the. I forgot. Is it the the venue is called? Like the the popular one that's kind of like Eagle downtown. Eagles Ballroom. Yeah, Eagles Ballroom. I think so. Yeah. Cause yeah. It I've, had like I've been to that one. Yep. Um. You got to buy a Where minimum of two drinks. Because so. everybody had to stand for that concert, right? Oh yeah, you always do for those. Okay. My my first concert was there watching Seven Dust, Tantric, and Skindred. Oh nice. So, Seven I, Dust. I think they stopped their show because somebody was about to get into a fight. <laughs> That doesn't sound like you. That would happen at a rock band. Because <laughs> I wonder. Because um, I wonder, like, if you was at that show. I think was it December. I don't know when it was, but if you was at that show, I went to that show also. Okay. So we well, might have been in the it, same maybe. room. Maybe I don't know. remember who played with him, but I do remember the first time I saw him. I saw him with. Uh, it was Seether. Um, it was. Um, uh, 
Skillet, and it was um, who sings? Uh, Everyone hates me. Oh, what's that called? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think who it was. Three days grace. Three days grace. Thank oh, you. okay. Oh, they're a good band too. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah, good yeah. set. Shane, yeah, that's a fantastic it set. It was good. Um, Seether. Okay, see, I Seether plays my favorite song, um, uh, "Broken" with Amy Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Seether was not good that night. Uh, it was right after he had broken up with uh, Amy Lee, and he just sounded like he was, you know, drinking and pissed off. And he was singing his sober song, and it was like, oh no. <laughs> and then I saw him again with uh, Stained and um, and uh, Papa Roach, and he was better then. So I would love to see Stained in concert. I would just uh, like. I would love to have a yeah, concert night with the stuff. So yeah. yeah, so Breaking Benjamin would be my first. Uh, second, I put Yellow Card because I didn't I get to see Yellow Card in concert, and they don't play anymore. I love that violin. It's one mm-hmm. of the, the. I think it's an excellent addition to a rock band uh, set. Um, then I would want to watch Lincoln Park. Never got to see see Lincoln Park live, and with Chester gone, I would love to to see them play. Um, and then, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of NF, but I, I, I like, I would love to see NF play. So tour right now, isn't uh, he? Yeah, uh, he's on tour. Yeah, I, I, I like his music. Um, I've been listening to him for a long time. Um, and, uh, the last one would be Michael Jackson. I'd love to see him sing live. I remember watching him on HBO. Uh, it's constant. Oh, that's awesome. Good, good one. Okay, so for me, um, number five is going to be JoJo. I would love to see JoJo on concert. Like, in her just singing, of course, her songs in her, uh, from her first two albums. But, like, I would love to go into her mixtape and just hear her vocally, like, destroy the stage. Uh, so JoJo would be number five. Um, number four would be Cardi Rae Jepsen. Uh, I love her second album. Uh, you know, be able to sing "Went Away with Me" with with everybody. It just or let's get lost. Just her second album and even her like side B album and and go through her other songs. Like she is such a great songwriter. So I would love to hear that. Um, number three, uh, Royce the Five Nine. Uh, you know, I would just love to see him, at, you know, just rock the stage and do his songs with DJ Premier and just like, you know, just like heal it uh, with him. Um, number two is going to be Janet Jackson. Uh, I love Janet. And just be able to see at her age, still killing on the stage and her with her dancing. Like, I would love to hear it. If, um, uh, you know, Pleasure Principle, um, her Velvet Rope album, just like all her cuts. Last but not least, and a lot of people don't know this because I love this group, uh, like they've ever since from the 90s. SWV, Sisters with, Sisters mm-hmm. with Voices, mm-hmm. go through their week, uh, right here, the Michael Jackson yeah. version remix. Downtown, Fine Time, just like all of their mm-hmm. range. Just like that, literally go down through their whole 
discover uh, discoverography. Can't explain how your love it makes me weak. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just like it's yeah, I love them. along with the crowd and everything. Like they are, they became my number one group. When just when their original song right here dropped, and I heard Coco, uh, for, uh vocals, and then I heard the harmonies and everything, I'm like, oh. I've been a fan ever since that first thing because I I spent my birthday money to go get their album, and then like every time I was getting my allowance, and when their albums came out, I I would go ahead and buy it. Um, I I was able to start buying my like my own albums and stuff. Um, uh, later on and and everything, it's just like I I pretty much own most of their albums besides like their Christmas albums, but I own some of their remixes. Um, and some of their greatest hits because they got some uh, additional songs that never got released and everything. And do you remember 702? Yep, 702. I remember, yeah. Uh, 702 in Vogue, Isis, of course, Destiny's <laughs> Child. I would love to see, yeah, TLC, um, TLC, uh, 3LW. I would love to see, um, S Club 7. I wish I could see. Uh, but now there's just S Club because Paul passed away. But like uh speaking of the cartoon stuff and everything, uh S Club Seven was my show. Yeah. Uh, I like I love the Jackson Five cartoon still mm-hmm. to this very day. But the uh S Club Seven when I seen them on FX, uh and they were like they were like Fox News, not Fox News. They were Fox, but it was like their family station and everything. Um, I would watch S Club Seven on their channel, um, and like wow, this is like 2001, 2002, or whatever. I'm a grown man loving their music. Went and bought their album and everything, and so, played their first. Oh, go ahead. Do you guys remember your first cassette or album you bought? Record? Um, yes. Uh, um, for- yeah, for me, it definitely was SWV, It's About Time. That was my first album. For me, it was the TLC's uh, first, I think their first album. Sexy so, Crazy Cool? Yeah. So, oh, Crazy so, Sexy Cool. Yeah, Crazy Sexy Cool, yeah. So for me, uh, let's see here. I, I had the Disney Afternoon cassette tape, but I didn't buy that. I got that for my birthday. So the first cassette tape that I bought was To Be a Master. Uh, and <laughs> so I got that. I bought a like a knockoff Walkman um, and just listened to that, and it had a radio on it. And then uh, two years later, I bought the CD To Be a Master because <laughs> I got a CD player. And then I got rid of it probably in high school. And then I think in college I saw it at Goodwill and I bought it again on CD. Oh, <laughs> so I got it still. <laughs> uh, what about you, Josh? What's the first album you bought? I think the first one I bought was Americana by The Offspring. Um, okay. I, I had other stuff like I'm trying to remember if I bought if I bought that one or if I got it for christmas because if it wasn't that one it was probably a um maybe a metallica album um because it's i get to this point where i can't remember if i bought it or if i got it for christmas or a birthday or something like that um and so i'm the first album though i remember owning that wasn't like a weird al album or 
uh, movie soundtrack was Americana by by The Offspring because I really like that song, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Yeah. So that's really what was kind of my gateway into The Offspring. And then like some other ones after that was like, I think Metallica. Um, I was gifted Linkin Park albums. So nice. I never, I think Meteora was, might have been one of the first ones too. So by Linkin yeah. Park. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's something there is where mm-hmm. my first, my first albums came from that were not Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I also had Monte Python, the Holy Grail, the movie soundtrack. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I remember, I think I think a couple of days before getting the TLC, I didn't, it wasn't an album. It was the, it was the cassette single, but of uh, Tag Team's Whoop, there it is. <laughs> my brother for my, my brother when they were in the car and then we ended up getting sick of me. Because, uh, <laughs> Tag Team uh, back again. Right in the, like, did, <laughs> did you have your like parents, like, so my mom played like uh, Elton John, John Denver, uh, Doobie oh, Brothers, no. uh, Huey Lewis in the News. And I could not stand most of the music. And yep. then as Same. I as soon as I got older, I started buying the best greatest hits of Doobie Brothers and listening to the Huey Lewis my, and the News and John Denver. My, my mom was full gospel and uh besides some soundtrack like uh Waiting to Excel and Sister Act Two, like besides those. Nice. Um but my in the Lion King and stuff, like we Ooh. had some of the Disney soundtracks. Uh, my dad was literally talk radio, like oh, okay. he did not listen to music when he was drive when we was driving. We was listening to talk radio, huh. so and Ed uh, started podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, so funny thing about it is, I actually, um, I was in college. Uh, I, it was my first year, and my dad came and picked me up. Uh, and. He was listening to talk radio, and so I got on because they was asking about marijuana. Like, how should it be handled? Should it be so and everything? And I called the radio station. I told them that I'm like, I I could see it being sold in stores, you know, and you know they go through the legal things and stuff and everything. Because I'm like, if they want it off the streets, what better way than just to legalize it and sell it? And like, and think about the money that will come, the revenue that will come from it. And now look, I mean, yeah. there's weed stores here in Illinois that um, is making not only good business, but making Illinois some really good bank from taxes. So I'm just like, to see that to have that discussion and then literally come see, uh, visually see that come uh, fruitful or and stuff. Um, yeah. Amazing. But everybody, that's going to be it for pointed out because we have a better. We're going to quickly get into. Uh, and I've chose this banner. Uh, this is one that's by Lamont Reed. And his uh, title is Do Strong Storylines Drive uh I'm sorry. Do strong storylines actually drive sales in the gaming market? And I'm going to just read uh, his first paragraph of his of this story. And he says, "I'm a simple gamer. I put a game disc slash cartridge in the console, and my eyes are prepared to see an unfolding of a tale to play 
I learned the game characters, feel around the game mechanics, and move forth through a grand adventure. Simple plots of a game like a villain wanting, wanting world domination or a knight wanting to rescue a princess are great and all, but what I really love is a game with a very engaging story with many twists and turns that make the ending all the more rewarding, depending on the outcome. At times, I wonder what kind of stories can be told to keep the player interested in investing their time to go further in the game. I know most times it's all about the gameplay and the graphics, but combining all of that with a great and engaging story makes for an amazing game itself. What you truly write home about? The question is, are strong storylines actually important to people, and do they drive up sales in the gaming market? So, I, while, while reading the, uh, you know, like seeing the title and everything, I literally would have to disagree that it's not storylines um, that drives a game sales. Um, and I'm not going to try to be cliche with the Grand follows and with the Call of Duties and stuff like that. Um, I think the thing about it is, is that people are still not into narrative. Because if they were into narratives, a lot of people's libraries would be bigger. And everything we had, uh, yes, you know, we got Uncharted and we got, um, you know, Final Fantasy and we, uh, we got like uh, Grand Theft Auto. But if narratives were so important, if storylines were so important, people would have been into RPGs, into walking sims, into adventure games back in the day, uh, with PC and stuff. Or people will go back and and look at it, you know, and go through it. You know, we we had a not a discussion, but we have seen people upset because a game has thirty frames per second, and they think if if it doesn't have the sixty frames per second or something, that game shouldn't sell. You know, it's gonna go down here. Or, and some people want stuff like that. They want a game to fail because of these other technical aspects of that game. They're not thinking about story. You know, mm-hmm. they're not thinking about how a player is going to feel when they encounter uh, story beats. You know, uh, a, a lot of us, uh, I won't say is, are, you know, are illiterate or anything, but, you know, there's moments in the game that's trying to drive an emotion um, that is trying to uh, give you more, give you something to think about and everything. And for a lot of people, that's not interesting to them. You know, they they don't care about story or and stuff. They just care about what they could sometimes, and this is just sometimes, it's not everybody, what they could do in the game or, and you know, or what they could get out of it to use so they could use that as uh, evidence to for some discussion or for some argument about the game. It's not uh, it's not always about the game, you know, the storyline of the game. I remember at Toys R Us that people didn't want certain games because they had to read. And I'm like, are you Serious, yes, my son can't read, so he shouldn't have this game. 
But if he's asking for this gang, which first of all, you'll get your son shouldn't have been asking for it because he's not old enough. What makes you think that he's going to be able to understand why he's doing the things that he's doing, why he or she are doing the things that they are doing? The story is important. This, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that will help sell a game, but a story is always important. It's for a game, whether it's single player, uh, co-op play, or whatever. Story is there to help you understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. So I I gotta say, I don't think storyline, in this, in this sense for this banner, I don't think storyline would drive a game sale because if it did, trust me, a lot of games should be up in the millions and more gamers should be talking about stories and games than what they could do or what they saw in a game. Yes, Mortal Kombat might not have the best story, but if we if we talked about Mortal Kombat 2 story or even just the lore about it, that would be a good discussion to have. But no, what people liked about Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat were the fatalities and the blood and stuff. Because it was something that wasn't done in the game. Uh, any thoughts, you guys? So let me run down the, um, I think I agree with you, Ed, although I think that narrative should drive more. I just don't think it does. And that's coming from somebody who enjoys a good story. And I see video games as a, as a unique medium to drive that story. But looking at the best-selling games of all time, I'm just going to run down this list, starting from one going down. Tetris, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto V, Wii Sports, PUPG, uh, PUBG, um, Mario Kart 8 plus the deluxe version, Red Dead Redemption 2, Overwatch, Super Mario Brothers, and Pokemon Gen 1. Those are your top 10 best-selling games. And very few of those actually have very strong narratives. And I think when you look at the numbers, the sales number, and granted, when you're just doing like number of sales tetris has been along for how long compared yeah. to red dead redemption so you've got that obviously to factor into it but when you look at these top 10 very few of them are narrative driven um and you know you and i was looking over what the top 10 um best-selling final fantasy games were the top one being um final fantasy 7 oh i think was just shy of like 15 million units sold so that's the best-selling heavily narrative game um is not anywhere close to that top 10 so i don't think the narrative draws it however i would like for it to mean more than it does because i love a good story it doesn't matter if it's in a book um comic book um anime video game i just want a good story and that's where my i lean on my video game so i guess i don't think it improve sales i just wish that it did because there are so many great stories to be told that i don't think get get the love but when people play video games they don't want to have to think they want to have to have something to escape tetris is a game you can flip on and just play for an hour and just have to think of where you put that piece you don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about reading the story you don't have to worry about um what this character is doing what that character is doing you literally just have to do quick 
couple buttons get that piece where you need it to be. And I think that for a long time that's been very popular. Fortnite's another one. People just show up and have a battle royale, a uh-huh. shooter battle royale. That's very enticing to a lot of people. So no, I, I think in terms of the banter, I don't think they drive the sales. And I just looking at that top ten, there's very few heavily narr- narrative games in there that I just don't think it does it. I just wish it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in a subclass, like in, like if you start breaking games down into classes, like there's definitely like you'll see that the the narrative driving games more. Like like I would argue that one of the main like selling points for most indie games is a lot of the times it is about the story and it's you you don't have that massive you know like money driven you know behind it to make it like like super polished and you know like everything else about it be you know that top grade so they have to rely on their story being what's most important uh to get people really interested in their their games um but yeah like i i outside of breaking games down into classes yeah like for the for the sake of the banter yeah i i do agree too that i don't i don't think that that it, it drives the story drives game sales as much as we would like you know like you said josh like yeah it'd, it'd be nice if that was what mm-hmm. but but I think I think yeah, like it is. It's an it's an escape, and sometimes, sometimes the stories in these games can be too relatable, and so people want to stay away from the story. They want it just something that they can mindlessly do, and and not have to think about you know like being sad or or you know the loss of someone or you know like whatever whatever story narrative you know these games are trying to do you know. I, I would be interested, though, to see, given how successful The Last of Us was on as a television show, mm-hmm. what that does for future sales and future storytelling in video games. Because, I mean, video games have struggled and um, to adapt into other mediums. Um, but this year, we've had two very successful franchises make the leap with the Super Mario Brothers movie that's, like, outselling everything this year in, the, in theaters. And The Last of Us broke all kinds of records on on HBO. People and people were saying this is a good show. And you've got yeah. games on the horizon of um, Horizon Zero Dawn has been floated around. People want a Legend of Zelda movie now. And I think when there's still some need to figure out this formula to get it. But I think if you can if you can tie a good story and get it adapted properly. And and not have Tomb Raider Cradle of Life from 2003, I think you can get. I I think it could draw sales. I think because that was yeah. what Final Fantasy VII did so well was they had a great story, but they appealed to the wider audience. If you can pull a wider audience into your game, that's what kind of breaks you out of whatever niche you have. I think we're a ways away from that. I don't think we're. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that's going to pop up later this year or next year. But I think it's mm-hmm. something that is an interesting trend that's really starting up. And The Last of Us, in particular, really laid that foundation. Yeah. So I. What about uh, what would you say? So I I usually ask myself why why am I playing it? Why am I playing this game? And if I can answer it 
it's fun. I will play the game. Um, and uh, with, when Josh reading off that list there, um, all those games, when it comes down to it, it's it's some kind of uh, social aspect. Now, Tetris might not be, say it wasn't online, uh, but everybody wanted to have the best score. Everyone wanted to get more, uh, you know, farther in the levels uh, to be the best. So you, you had that competition going. Uh, Super Mario, probably speed running. You want to see who could get through the, the game the fastest. You have your online games that you want to be social with, talk with your friends. All your friends at school are playing, so you play. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of aspects of these games that will will somehow pertain to uh, trends of uh, other people playing it. Pokemon, you're trading. That's mm-hmm. that was huge. Um, everybody was doing that. So, you know, yeah, I could see why those are the top top ten um, because. Now, now, trending with that, you've got Twitch, and people want to watch people play. And for me, I I really don't like, I don't really care about someone playing a game, um, especially if I've already played it. I'm there more to converse with the person playing and the people in the chat. So it's it's more of a socialization type thing. And uh, if it's fun, and you all are having fun, I think that's that's what binds you now now story music art um gameplay those are all secondary when it comes to fun so you have two of the four that's probably good enough to keep most people there um you got more than that that's when you're going to have more excellent games you have all four that's when you have you know just excellent uh top tier games and um I, i i feel like for example like um breath of the wild uh for me i i i liked i like going around i liked exploring and all that but man that ending i that was for me it was it was a terrible ending like i that boss was super easy and the cutscene was great at the end but it it just didn't do it for me story-wise but everything else it did for me the music was um utterly amazing uh-huh. the landscape the the just the exploring was amazing. So it hit, you know, the gameplay was good. So all those three hit for me, but the story did not. And I am which, a very narrative based person. So I love all I, my indie games that are narrative. Which I, so, which I think with Breath of the Wild, uh, and we talked about this. Um, uh, I don't know if we talked about it, Shay, with Stephanie, mm-hmm. but I'm like, the focus of even just Tears of the Kingdom is the exploration. And when yeah. they did Breath of the, when they did Breath of the Wild, the original one, uh, or the original uh, Breath of the Wild, they focused more about exploration and adventure. If you wanted story, you went out and looked for story. Look for it, even yeah. though that, even though the ending might not make sense or people didn't like it, it was never about the story. It, like people correct. didn't want you to, people didn't want you spoiling the game on what you found, on yeah. what you discovered. Yeah. That was what they didn't. Oh, go ahead. And I was going to say another good point. Now, now thinking about what you just said, you know, yeah, the story wasn't uh, the most cohesive or the, or the most entertaining. But with all these people playing Breath of the Wild, now so and so found something here, and they talk about it. Now, I got to go check that out. Hey, maybe this this piece of uh, uh, letter that I read, maybe this pertains to something over here, and now I'm making theories. 
now we're communicating now we're having fun that is another reason why i don't think story drives it it's more of the people conversing and talking about it and and creating that lure and the fun that you have within the game so one well, like to your point there Sean, or excuse me Shane um you know if there if game has a bad story you're still likely to play it like i, I agree oh, yeah. with you i think breath of the wild it left a lot to be desired in terms of story but that gameplay made it more than oh yeah serviceable but if a game has bad um gameplay and has a fantastic story you're not likely to pick it up. i mean ed and i talked about this yeah um on our ranking mario kart mario kart wii is a is a great game stuck behind some very very bad controls yes. and mm-hmm. and for that reason we you know we ranked it we weren't fans of it so yeah. i think that that's the thing is you can have you, these games that don't have a good story but that, the gameplay is exactly. good exactly well, yeah. look at skyward sword Ed's, on the wii versus Ed, the switch and one of your favorite game. games the last guardian had horrible controls but that story was really good but the thing about the last guardian is i don't think it had horrible controls i think it was too realistic for people when it came to handling trico because if you can't handle a dog that is not trained and everything it gets rough sometimes animals do not listen to their masters or listen to and i think that's why everybody got on it you know of course it was being delayed and everything but if you but the game was just like you have to stick with it and this kind of reflects on when you adopt a pet you have to stick with it and work with it so it could be able to you know, not say be control or anything, but know your commands, know be be able to work with you and everything. Uh, and you know, if an animal is not working well with you, some people return an animal or will go do the same thing that made it uh made it a kind of distrustworthy of that of another person is being abandoned. So and people abandoned the last guardian because they did not stick with it. And everything. And the last guardian told a beautiful story without having to use dialogues or do cinematics. Uh, yeah. I always talk about sleeping dogs. When it comes to open world games, sleeping dogs is the perfect example on how you are able to tell a uh a, a crime-ridden story that's gripping, that's entertaining, that you love the characters. When you when you get the twists and turns, it really makes sense and it feels like it and with the gameplay it really feels great but the story is there i get on gta because as much as everybody loved what you could do in the game that's no one can remember any of the stories in gta the gta stories become forgettable you know, not even even when it, even when it gets a perfect ten or whatever, they never talk about stories. But Sleeping Dogs have a great story. Saints Row the Saints Row Saints Row the Third has a bonkers story. But not only is it fun to play, the story is kind of cool to get into because it's completely goofy. Paper Mario, the thousand-year-old door and, and stuff. The story, the writing in that game is like is what makes most of the game, even though yeah, the gameplay is there, but it's 
it's literally funny, you know, psychonauts, you know, and stuff is is really good. Like, um, there there are games that really have a great story, but sometimes I, I talked about God of War 2018 that I call that I call people brand new because they want to say, oh, the story is so cinematic. It's so good. It's Academy Award. Like, give them Oscars, egos. I'm just like, stories like this have already been done. In fact, they've been done in the 90s, in the 80s. Hey, Chrono Trigger is a strong story. Not only with the new game plus, but the story is so good in Chrono Trigger. But, no, but some people don't recognize and don't want to talk about that and everything. And- and they want to, to your, talk about oh, it's just new game plus. To, now, just thinking of it to your point too, with older games, you kind of had to have a either a uh, a catch right away to play, mm-hmm. or you had to have a good story because the graphics weren't there to right. back it up uh, for the most part. Um, so you you had to you had to fill fill in the the blanks uh, for yourself and uh, be more creative. And and have those those story elements uh, along the Dungeons and Dragons line or or some some sort of uh, element like that. So yeah. I, as as we get more um, heavy in in just the the music and the graphics and the FPSs and gameplays and all that, uh, it's hard to balance now. And it when you do balance it. You you do have a perfect game, but it's there's just something always overshadows now. And I think in the past you're gonna narrative was a much stronger aspect, whereas today it's more. Uh, how can I get 15 minutes into play like this with a friend or something? Because you know time time is 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 different and spent different now. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like mist and like point and click adventures and yep. stuff where. You know, like it was all about what you were finding and uncovering. You know the yeah. story that was happening. Yeah, and a lot of and a lot of things that's driving sales is that. Oh, and these are, I won't I won't say excuses, but this is what a lot of people use as evidence on why game sales. It comes from a particular company. Um, this director or developers have worked on. Um, it's on this particular system. Um, it's an exclusive and everything. Uh, they're a fan of this genre, so that's mm-hmm. why it's gonna it's gonna sell and everything. Um, you know, uh, I'm a, I, I want this game to succeed on this system over the other ones, and you know, other console yeah. or not that they use to make a game sell. They, these are things people use to buy a game nowadays. Mm-hmm. They don't never say when they get finished the game, how do I feel? How did this story touch me? Uh, we we talked about we for talk to walk, we talked about greed and how it dealt with greed. And mm-hmm. yes, we went into the, the ins and outs of that game, learning new different stuff and interpreting things from there. But it was just like if Greed would have sold more because of the story, it would showcase that story is really important and can drive sales than just a look or just hearing the soundtrack. Tears of the Tears of the Kingdom, 
as much as we're looking forward to it and everything, they they're going hard on story. And they know they could succeed on the story because, and this is just my opinion uh, of it, Monolith Soft working on Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The reason people are upset about that game not getting game of the year or people not talking about that talking about it or is or in the sales and stuff is because if you go into that game ex, ex, and experience the story don't even worry about the combat and, and and what you can do in it go in with the story because when you leave that game you're gonna see this was worth my 60 dollars now i'll know why it should have been game of the year i'm not knocking elder ring for anything but Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a perfect example on why a game like that should have sold more because of its story. And people don't want to have that discussion or people don't want to do that because it's not in their genre of playing or in their realm or it's just a Nintendo yeah. game. The the other thing that is like uh, the legacy of other games like I've played uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and mm-hmm. I you know not being able to play long stints with having a kid when i get back to it i cannot pick it back up again i i just don't know what's going on and so if gameplay wise and story wise is different in xenoblade chronicles 3 i might not not i might not be apt to buy it because i did not buy it but i keep hearing that it's different than two um you know if if i've already experienced uh xenoblade 2 or Mm -hmm. 1 or x um maybe i wouldn't buy it just because i think it's the same uh type of uh you know experience um so that that is that's also a problem with legacy uh, of of a publisher or developer if if you have played past ones and have not enjoyed it or just couldn't mm-hmm. get into it because of a t- certain time period you're in in your life um it just it's really hard to jump in and, and purchase something that's 60 70 dollars um, yeah, maybe later on when it's thirty bucks, I'll pick it up. But it's like it's an into the game. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and, when, and everybody and everybody know nowadays, if you don't get a Nintendo game when it comes out, you better pray someone got like a whole bunch of them. It's <laughs> not jacking up the price because exactly. once they stop selling and people start looking for it, that's. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition or even Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii. When they said pre-order this game and folks wasn't pre-ordering it, when they started, when people started looking for this game and couldn't find it, oh, they went bonkers. You trying to give me 80, you trying to give me $80 in credit or something or whatever (laughs) or or $55 and you trying to jack the price up GameStop at $100? No, 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 sir. No, <laughs> no we're not doing. We're not doing. Uh, but you, before, you know, real, oh, real, real quick, Ed. Um, you know what they should do? I really like this for Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, they whenever you boot back up the game, Dragon you get Quest a little. Sen- what was that? Twelve. No, isn't it Dragon Quest Eleven? Eleven is uh, eleven is the art uh MMO. I think you're mixed up there. Ed. Twelve hasn't come out yet. Right, Dragon Quest Twelve 
come out. Dragon Quest Eleven never came out in America. That's in Japan. Uh huh. It's the Echoes of the Elusive Age. That's Dragon Quest Eleven. Dragon Quest Ten never came out in the states. Not, did I mess it up? I thought Eleven was. Eleven's the one with the, like the long-haired hero with in the purple outfit. That's on like it's on the. Oh, Switch. And, okay. Why did it's I? It's got think a Dragon... slime in it. That's what I know. Dragon Quest Ten <laughs> is the one that's. Dragon Quest Ten was the Wii U one. Yeah, and we've never gotten that one in the States. Anyway, my point right. being with Dragon Quest Eleven, they do this fun, they do this great thing that helps. So when you boot back up your game, um, you get a little synopsis of what happened previously in your game. So it helps to remind you of the story. And I wish more big RPGs would do that. Because right. like when you when you load up a game, that the old man with the mustache, he comes in and it's like, our hero... Um, escaped from the jail and him and Eric um, went about and met up in this town to meet up with Charlotte and this is where our quest continues or something like that like they I think they have these trigger points of where does it but I'm like if more games did that that would help with that issue oh, yeah. that Shane Absolutely. was talking about they they started doing that in a lot of games where when you go in they have your quest and with your story like your journal on what you are, because uh, uh, Tales of Sophonia was doing that even before. Yep. Uh, I remember me. some Game Boy Advance games did it too, and that's how I beat like Golden mm-hmm. Sun and stuff. But like other games did not, and I just never finished them because time, yeah, basically. Yeah, and that's the thing too, because like I I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles three yet. I will eventually get to it, but I have to prepare myself for a bigger commitment because um, I've. I've yeah. hopped into Dragon Quest Eleven. I've um have um Tales of Arise that I've wanted to get into as well, but both of those are oh, forty yeah. plus hour adventures. So I've that's why I like WWE two K twenty three really appeals to me because yeah. I've got I can pop in, do a match for fifteen minutes, hop out, and I'm done for the day. So that's what well, everybody Oh no, I'm uh. done. Oh, everybody, we're going to get our, our final point. Uh, Jesse, final words. You are muted. We began with a mute Sorry, and we ended with a mute. Yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah no. Um. So, yeah, like I, I, I do wish that, you know, the story was a bigger a bigger part of sales but yeah i i definitely i think it, it does come down to how much fun you have in a game okay uh shay final words play games have fun <laughs> it, it, be, be happy with what you got and, and play the games and don't complain about voice acting and uh fps and all that good stuff just just play and don't harass people. <laughs> Josh, final word. Um, in, in, in regards to this banter, um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, video games are such a unique medium in that if you want to consider them art, which I do, um, I know there's a discussion, a big discussion. You could have it over to our website and see that discussion because Stoy's article is always one of the top ranked ones yep. where he argues that video games are not art. But my point being is, you know, there's that discussion, but at the end of the day, it's an interactive medium. People come to them to play. If you can't play the game, 
then they'll go watch a story. They'll go watch Lord of the Rings. They'll go watch Breaking Bad. They'll go watch whatever other strong narratives there are because they're not looking for that interaction. So I think, unfortunately, that's where we are with video games because I think there's a lot of potential for a good narrative to really bolster that up. And I think we'll see it with these TV shows that are going to start. I think really they're going to push each other, TV and video games, to kind of create some interesting dynamics. But that's, I wish, it, I really wish that narrative played a bigger part in the sales. For me, um, I don't think uh, storylines drive sales for a game. If it did, I think we would see more games sell well, more discussions, more written pieces and articles. And I think there would be more intellectual um, discussions to be had, not just on podcasts, but with friends and stuff. And it would open up people's libraries and it would actually get other people to see different visions of a game, of a story, and how it's uh, portrayed in this tone. And I think we would learn more that sometimes games, yes, as as great as they look, as fun as they can be when we play them, or, or a mess of a game that they could be, just sometimes the story can have a big impact on your life. And it will make you think, it will make you reflect, and I think it will make you feel that your purchase or any way that you acquired a game was really worth it. With that, everybody, I want to thank you, Josh. I want to thank you, Shane. I want to thank you, Jesse. This has been Jump Point, uh, Jump Off Point, uh, Episode Five. So, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on Jump Off Point. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya.